that we'll see you in court. <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. Oh, hi, Mark. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, my God! Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Big Fat Cult movie podcast. My name is Chris Mayo. I'm a comedian, a writer, an actor, and a lover of weird and wonderful films. Each episode, I will be joined by a special guest who will pick their favourite sounding cult film from the list that I send them. We'll then go away, watch the film separately, take some notes, and get together to discuss it on the podcast. My guest this week is the fantastic Carrie Thompson. Carrie is an actor, a writer, a voiceover artist, and one half of Hermetic Arts, a fantastic uh, theatre, film, and audio drama company specialising in horror, sci-fi, and the dark arts. Make sure you check out those guys. Uh, There will be a link in the description as well as more details coming up at the end of the show. I'm not going to spend too long waffling at the beginning. I'll chat to you again at the end of the show. Uh, but if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Big Fat Cult. Uh, you can also follow me, Chris underscore Mayo. More details will be in the description. As I said, this is the first episode and we're going to be covering loads of fantastic films over the next coming weeks. So if that sounds like your kind of thing, do subscribe. Do give us a nice review, a nice rating on iTunes. That would be really appreciated. This week, I am very excited to be discussing with Carrie the much underappreciated and unheard of, I would say, 1990 cult horror comedy, maybe, Demon Wind. Sixty years ago, an entire family vanished without a trace. Now one young man must face the Demon Wind. How do we get to the Carter place from here? You can't? I think something bizarre has been going out that farm for a long time. I want to find out what. It's a gateway to hell, and there's no turning back. Hey, Kerry. Thanks for joining me for this podcast, talking about the delightful film Demon Wind. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very excited. Um, my new favourite film, definitely. What's your status on cult films? Are you a fan? Are you? Uh, do you love some and not others? Do you seek them out? I do seek them out, yeah. Definitely huge fan of cult cinema generally. I was excited when I saw the list of other films. Yeah, uh, I don't know if many people will have heard of this film. Had you heard of it before I sent it to you? Well, this one, no, I hadn't. And that's why I picked it. Very nice. So I want to see something I haven't seen before. And Demon Wind. <laughs> what a what a name. Um, was it the title that grabbed you? Was it the fact you hadn't heard of it? I love a demon. I love that kind of mythology mm-hmm. um, when that's explained. Lord in cinema and Demon Wind. Well, my friend John was like, is that just what happens after you've had your third round of Tandoori? And I was like, oh, <laughs> lovely. Well, let's find out. Yeah, the alternative title, Devil Fart, didn't really didn't really take <laughs> off. But um... It's interesting. As I was watching the film, I was like, what? You know, because particularly with films like this, you're always looking for the title, the reason for the title. Mm-hmm. And I was watching yeah. it, I was going, Demon Wind. I mean, there what? is a lot of they don't scrape on the wind you know there's a lot of wind there's a lot of fog if you're a fan of fog you'll enjoy this film fog isn't i look i'm not being picky okay here we go all right we've hit we've hit a uh, meteorological standoff go on okay i am not a weather person but fog is not wind is it is it not is wind not some component of fog does fog exist without wind i mean we're getting very philosophical early on gosh so soon um (laughs) Well, I suppose, yeah, the wind brings the fog in, but it's, yeah, it's tenuous. It's I thought, in my head, this is how I justified it, demon wind 
is um, fire because there's a lot of fire in the fireplace, particularly when, yes. um, spoilers, when he's communicating with his grandmother in the fireplace. Yes. The fire is, is very much in the window. And maybe that's what the filmmaker whose name yeah. I can't remember meant. <laughs> yeah. What was his name? Um, yeah, uh, we should, we should go into some, some basic details, I guess, before we um, crack into the um, yeah, specifics. Right. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Demon Wind, released in 1990, directed by Charles Philip Moore, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, also written by Charles Philip Moore. Do you want to hear some of his other films that he's made? Are you aware of any of his other films? I did have a look. He wrote the 1994 classic um, Angel of Destruction. He wrote the 1992's Black Belt. 1994. He was basically he basically had nailed the 90s for films that nobody remembers. So uh, if you do watch Demon Wind and feel the need to delve deeper into the work of Charles Philip Moore, then there's plenty out there. It's a vast canon. They were actually a bit of trivia. They were planning to make uh, a sequel to Demon Wind, which you really? know. I mean, I feel this. I feel one film, an hour and thirty-eight minutes, is sufficient to cover this story. But hey, yeah, it was a band. The Meteorological Society got in touch and said, "I'm so sorry, but I'm afraid there can't be a sequel." Um, yeah, this film is a lie. Yeah, you're misrepresenting wind. There were protests. Yeah, it's up there with The Exorcist in terms of controversy back in. Back oh in my the gosh! Yeah. So first thoughts, what were your first thoughts of, uh, you were excited by the title, you sat down, did you, did you have snacks when you watched this? Did, were, you, were you focused? Did you put your phone away or were you, did you think, I will just absorb whatever, whatever happens? I was, was your very viewing much... experience? <laughs> uh, well, I was in a state of absorption, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I was, um, me and my friend John, I do this with a few friends and I did it even before lockdown happened, um, where just, you know, watching films with friends and then just texting shade at one another basically as yep. the film yep. is going sometimes <laughs> we you know um, we'll be on facetime and just have a bit of a chat while the film is on usually for films like demon wind uh <laughs> that is when you're I putting a face you're putting a face there carries if you don't fully respect the artistic um endeavors of demon wind Are you, you're not holding it <laughs> to such high esteem what, what's I the am. criteria I mean, for putting your fucking phone down and paying attention to <laughs> The well, I cinematography. Did, I, I, the cinematography is phenomenal. I tell you what is good, actually. I thought the prosthetics were above the standard of the rest of the film. Yes. It's a <laughs> slightly backhanded compliment, but yeah, yeah. Um, we will come on to separate categories later as uh, as we go on. Uh, I'll be breaking cult films down into several topics. Uh, those topics are sex and nudity, because let's face it, every cult film has a little bit of sex, a little bit of nudity. Um, acting quality... Gore slash violence, WTF moments, writing, special effects, and then overall rating. So, we'll, as as those come up, we will um, delve deeper into those. But, but yeah, sorry. Um, continue. What was your What was your initial reaction to the film? I think I ran the full gamut of emotions. If I'm perfectly honest, uh, <laughs> watching Demon Wind. Uh, certainly, there's a lot to love about the film. I think a lot of heart and passion has gone into it, and you can see that. Um, yes. Because they made it, even when it... I think whenever I look at a film, <laughs> when I think... <laughs> defied logic and sense, they made it. Yeah. Because I always think, you know, when I watch a film, or, you know, because I, I make shows and things myself, and that it's always an important question that I like to ask myself, why am I doing this? Why is this show important? Why am I making this now? What yep. am I trying to say? <laughs> and I just wonder, I was sort of probing that question myself for Demon Wind and just trying to put myself in the shoes of the director going, what 
a director and writer thinking what you know what compelled him to make this what made him go this this is <laughs> it this is trauma what I in his life i mean may, you know maybe it's sort of biographical i mean we, we i mean have we actually briefed everyone on the plot so far have we have we got that far no um speaking um, of um trauma just very briefly have you seen the evil within uh, i made have not by getty oh my goodness uh it was 10 years in the making he died before it was released it is one of the most incredible films I've ever seen. Definite cult film. You have to see it. It's fully okay, funded by Mr. Getty himself. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, sorry, yes, we should go into. Which, are you going to talk about the? the yes, plot? I will, well, plot? I'll read the. the um, I'll read. I'll read the the IMDb summation of the film um, because I don't think I could put it into better words myself. Uh, With the need to investigate the mysterious death of his grandparents, Corey and his friends assemble back to the old farm where it all began 60 years earlier. Um, Which I think, you know, sums up the very basic premise of the film. It's sort of a friends go and investigate some previous paranormal slash demon uh, events, which are, I guess, the the main... Well, the main strange thing of this film is the fact that he invites seven to nine of his friends along without giving them any information whatsoever and says hey i need your help with something oh, okay they all turn up in various weird ways including say, a magician so for some reason <laughs> i get a kung fu magician kung fu magician yeah no less um my favorite thing about all the friends arriving in the way that they do just very briefly and i apologize because spoilers but um there's a very emotional scene in the gas station cafe where um yes where Corey says the reason i brought you all here is because i saw my father recently and then the following day he slit his wrists and killed himself at that point Corey, who's been traveling to this site in the car with his girlfriend his girlfriend says to him you you didn't tell me that and he says something along the lines of i didn't know how to was it in front of all of your friends in a station <laughs> is that what you yeah. were waiting for there was just there just wasn't the right moment so i decided to bring you all here together to tell you that my dad killed himself and now i want you to come and visit the, the grandparents' house to find out what happened yes. yeah which okay. is which is essentially just a door frame in uh the middle of nowhere which then mysteriously when you walk through the door frame you're in the past somehow yeah, and the house exists beyond the... that wall, which what I really love about that is no one says anything about it. None no, of the cast that's a com- members that's a mention. common theme. That's a common theme in this film. No one is remotely confused or concerned about anything that happens. Uh, and there's just some, a... pretty, some pretty shocking things that happen in this film to the friends, to, to everyone, really. And no one really seems that fussed. No. What I really like to imagine is, because it's just that that front wall of the house, but not much of it. So there's the front wall of the house, and then there's the doorway. But then um, Corey walks around the back and discovers that there's nothing behind there. But when you look through the doorway, you can see the full house. And I just like to imagine that that was very much a sort of budget constraints thing. <laughs> yes. So when they were filming, they were just like, guys, and obviously we're going to do this in post. This is going to be a massive house. But right now, all we have for you is this doorframe. And then... In- and then obviously they've shot everything. No one said anything about the fact that there isn't a house there. <laughs> and then they go, we don't have the budget. <laughs> but they've yes, got all this inter- I know. All these interior sort of shots. time travel uh, hallucination slash mystical portal thing that we can work in, which will 
add a level of gravitas to the whole the whole so yeah so props to charles philip moore i think because i feel that that is what happened so your first thoughts were positive confused did you did you find it enjoyable to watch on a surface level or were you enjoying how bad it was i was enjoying how bad it was yeah i think that's a given it's not a it's not a quality piece of filmmaking but it's very enjoyable it's not certainly not boring there's always something happening that either makes no sense well, as I say, to his credit, I feel like he's really gone all out and given you everything. Well, you have, you know, mystery fog, you have fire, you have demons, you have a person being turned into a tiny doll. You have people, well, I don't know, when they turn into demons, they look like they're sicking up a Muller fruit corner a bit. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so, so it's sort of a cross between Angel Delight, porridge, maybe. Yeah, um, there's a little bit. Yogurty thing. And that, that the first instance of that happens in about in the pretty much the opening scene when the we oh, see yeah. the flashback of the grandparents going crazy with demonic possession and the granddad just sort of pukes up a bit of bit of you know vanilla. Grandpa Greek George, yogurt. what I really yeah. like is it's um, Grandma Regina and Grandpa George. So Regina George, who's the yes. queen bee from Mean Girls. I think that's probably where Tina Fey got the name from. She was inspired by Demon Wind. <laughs> I found it very hard to keep track of who was who in this film because there's so many characters. Their names are briefly mentioned maybe once or twice. Apart from Corey, who is, you know, his name is mentioned about 300 times. Yeah, I had to look up the name of the girl who gets turned into the doll. Yes, we should I probably think... elaborate on this scene <laughs> because I think it's probably one of the <laughs> finest moments of cinematic history in any genre. Do you, want, do you want to explain what happens here? or uh, Yes, because it's got my favourite line of the film in this scene as well. Um, it's um, So she, Bonnie, is very worried. I think she is the girlfriend. Oh, yeah, everyone's in a couple pretty much, aren't they, as well? That's, they're all couples. Yes, apart and there's from... an ex-boyfriend who turns up just to throw a little element of danger and some sort of bro fighting that goes on. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. So Sorry, Bonnie continue. and Jack... Um, something scary has just happened. I can't remember what, but they're all outside and Bonnie and Jack are standing there and Bonnie turns around to Jack, her boyfriend, and says, if we die, promise you won't bury me here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a a reasonable request. I mean, there's a lot, it throws up a lot of questions about, I mean, I don't know. If we die. Yeah. (laughs) Promise you won't bury me here. And then he goes, okay. But you're not going to die. Oh, no. Well, that Jack is yeah. obviously, that is cursing your missus yeah. right there. She's not going to be long for alert. it. Spoiler alert. I mean, and I would, probably the best death of any film I've ever seen, I would say. Yeah. Followed by Moments. the worst reaction of any actors I've ever seen. Yeah, just like, oh, okay, let's go back to oh, the Oh, well, house. one down. Okay. <laughs> That's one Poor less person we have to pay for the rest of the shoot. Poor Bonnie. Um, yeah. But yeah. Marvellous hair, though. Really good head. Do you know, I looked her up. Um, she is a stunt woman. Oh, well, that, that, uh, maybe she did actually turn into the doll. Maybe that was... Yeah, she did that herself. <laughs> maybe it was... Yeah. yeah, that was her. Amazing. Um, yeah, so she... There's a lot of transformation in this film. Not symbolically speaking. No one learns or gets anything out of this. Um, but uh, yeah, Bonnie turns into a doll because these sort of demon children... They um, appear. Don't want her to leave the three three demon children. Yeah, the demon children who 
spoilers again, turns out later they were sacrificed by the original cult that his grandparents were a part of that lived on the site before it was burnt down. So they were the sacrifices and they've come back to tell... Wreak havoc. To wreak havoc and turn people into dollies and playthings. I really like how beautifully matched the doll's outfit is to Bonnie. It's like they've really gone into detail with that. But then, no, you said it, obviously she did the stunt herself. So, yeah. They've, they've thought about this. They've put the work in. <laughs> but, yeah, she gets turned into a doll, which then explodes into, like, smoke and fire. Yeah. Um, and is then just a charred, burning doll. And the range of emotions yeah. goes from mild surprise to slight concern to a little bit, a little bit of sadness from the boyfriend that's just seen her. Yeah. his girlfriend explode yeah. into a well, doll. Well, he just sort of does the fire. face of a... He looks a bit like he's just <laughs> stopped his ice cream. Do you know what I mean? Oh. It's like, aww. Oh, nuts. My Mr. Whippy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's everywhere. And everyone else is cool with this. They're so like, oh, okay, fair enough. We come to a demonic thing. And, you know, yeah. we've, we've, we all filled out the risk assessment. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of them. They can stand to lose one. I, at that point, was relieved because I was getting frustrated at having to keep up with how many people there were in this film. Yes. But then we lose one, and then three quarters of the way through the film, for no reason whatsoever, we gain another two. Yes. (laughs) Seemingly only purpose in the film is to turn up in a car, and then there's two minutes of them saying, don't turn the car off because there's a problem with the demons and they stop the cars from working and then they turn the car off and everyone's like, ah, you idiot, you turn the car off. And then, I don't know, they die fairly soon in the film. That's the thing. I do I do enjoy a horror film that doesn't explain... Anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything. That doesn't explain the mythology that it's building or the magic. But I like it if if the magic isn't explained, it still needs to have logic. Yes. Yes, logic is not this film's strength. Yeah, um, and that's... But I think that's what makes it more endearing because you're spending the whole film going, what is happening? Why is this happening? Okay, fair enough. I'm going to give up trying to explain any of this and just enjoy the fact that all this mad yeah. stuff is going on. Oh, Charles Philip Moore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, our first thoughts are that this is a very enjoyable, mad, nonsensical film. They were doing the best that they could with a bad script, those actors. Yeah. Should we talk about the acting quality overall, seeing as that's one of the um, one of the, the subjects? How would you rate the acting quality out of five? Well, let's go for genuine acting quality, and then let's go for entertainment acting quality. It's hard to know, isn't it? Because you don't know what the day director's doing you don't know <laughs> the fair. director doesn't know what the director's <laughs> you don't know doing. yeah the director doesn't know what the director's doing but what tone he wants you know and how he's the actor do, is... do you think they do you think they set out to make a cheesy over-the-top film no, or i don't think a... so no i don't I, no, i'm, I, being, yeah, I'm my... being too kind they no they didn't my... <laughs> <laughs> um I, th- I think the acting is is fine. I think a lot of it's in the edit, actually. The editing is really interesting in that there will be a two to three second gap between a lot of lines for no apparent yeah, reason. And lots of lots of <laughs> lots of awkward staring into the distance. Not much facial expression. There's not much facial movement in any of the cast 
apart from a very beautiful scene which also ties into the sex and nudity category at the beginning of the film where Corey has a flashback dream to when he's at that gas station naked of course for some reason do you know that really reminded me of i really wanted that to be a sort of dream ballet sequence you know the same as in (laughs) cannibal musical with trey parker when he has yes the dream i was desperate for that to happen but alas no i mean it was it's quite a stretch to get him completely naked for what is essentially 30 seconds of flashback literally yeah well it's the it's the naked in the gas station in front of your grandma nightmare that we all have (laughs) yeah we've all had that dream yeah (laughs) um and there's a very i mean it's the first proper no of the film which is which is very enjoyable yeah and he does it really well. Do you, I like to imagine that was his audition piece. That's yeah. just Charles Philip Mortensen. <laughs> Can you just... No, no, it's fine. Ignore the script. Just shout no very consistently with no real emotional variation and try not to move your face as you do yeah. it. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, yeah. No facial movement. No. no no emotion. Just, just open your mouth. Just see what sound comes out and that's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yes, I, I, I personally, acting quality, I would say two out of five for genuine skill. Oh. And um, across the board, I mean, some people are yeah. pulling their weight more than others. But if we combine an average, maybe two yeah, and a half. That's true. I'd give a and three because I think the three little girls are very good, actually. They deserve a point on their own. Well, one of them's at least 25. Because <laughs> 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 I, I watched it. I've watched this film two and a half times now for my sins. And for dedication to podcasting. And the, yeah, you pick up on things that on the second or second and a half watch that one of the girls is clearly a child and two of them have just graduated drama school in their early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that I really love as well is his his dad is played by someone who's just in old person makeup. I don't know yep. if you noticed that. And um, in fact, all the slightly older people, apart from his grandmother... They're all in their 30s, definitely. Yeah. But, you know, back in the 90s, someone that was 30 was nearly dead. So Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That is true. Times have changed (laughs) back then, you know, halfway. And for comedy acting value, it's got to be four out of five. Four out of five. No, four out of five. I'd give it a four and a half, actually. Yeah. Okay. So on a similar similar page there. Even just for the kung fu um, zombie moment. Yes. There's a few kung. There's a few. They sort of introduce the kung fu early on in the film, as if to, you know, as if to say, "Watch out, because this might come back." Yeah, I like to uh, imagine. It's a very, it's a very that that yeah. wasn't in the script, but that was the condition of him being in the film. He's like, "Fine, I'll play the role." <laughs> but so long as I get to use my kung fu, and they're just like, "Oh, Gary wants to do kung fu again." It's like, "Fine, let him do it." He was just a magician, <laughs> a magician who does kung fu, though. Oh. <laughs> I mean that scene where the, the there's a scene where all the friends are introduced and they're all having a lovely chat, and um, then there's the car, an open top car with a magician sticking out the top, and the driver with a megaphone and some magic music playing, saying, "Oh, the magic! We're doing some magic!" Blah, blah, blah. And then Dell, which is the kind of alpha male, which I thought was Dale, but turns out it's, it's Dell. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, famous 90s computer firm, Dell. <laughs> and it's written the fun, same. Put yeah. Some fun, yeah, put some it's funding into the production. <laughs> yeah, and then Dell says, oh, I didn't know your ex-boy was going to be here. 
and then there's already some tension. There's, the relationship between all of the characters is quite strange. It's very tense. Del turns up in the cafe and just kisses uh, Corey's girlfriend on the mouth and is like, hey, in front of his actual girlfriend. It's all very strange. Yeah, and then he has a dream that he's in bed with a man. I feel like Del is struggling. because, And he also calls <laughs> a lot of men in the film gay. Or yes, like, a lot of... like quite a lot of homophobic slurs from him. I feel that Del might be struggling with yep. his sexuality. Trouble, troubled with his inner demons. Yes. Which really is what the whole film is an allegory yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. We've cracked it. We've cracked yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> End well, of podcast. Well, it's been great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Del has got very good hair. Um, he's got a lot of issues, a lot of problems with his masculinity, a lot of inner turmoil, a lot of aggression. And Corey's absolutely fine with Dell kissing his girlfriend. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Just that's fine. And then they do some weird macho handshake thing. Yeah. Can we talk about, I just remembered a moment. For some reason, my brain just keeps erasing it. Uh, it's <laughs> Elaine, isn't it? Corey's girlfriend is Elaine, but we don't find out her name until Dell comes in. Like, yes, she's correct. nameless until that moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woman. Yes, exactly. Now, Elaine in the cafe when she drops her trousers for no apparent reason that just popped into my head that might be one of the finest moments of the film actually that second to the doll yeah they they peak pretty early with with the good moments do you want to explain exactly how the scene kind of unfolds with the the whole cafe thing uh yeah so they they go into well they've they've met the standard um creepy gas station attendant guy who's in every horror film uh, you know beautifully yeah. represented in um i watched it a couple of nights ago again what was it cabin in the woods yeah so i was like oh yes. there he is again and then they go into the cafe attached to the creepy gas station and obviously there's no one around and so elaine takes a moment to lighten the mood because things have been a little bit fractious between the two of them in the car as she lightens the mood by dropping her trousers yeah half mast <laughs> yeah half mast <laughs> and wiggling her backside and what does she say i can't remember all i wrote was why has she done that <laughs> um but then Corey says something like oh full moon of the something or other and makes some kind of like yes. demonic butt joke but she was just she's just like oh just trying to trying to make you relax or just trying to lighten the mood or some something like that yeah and then that woman comes out oh no that's my second favorite moment in the film is when the woman who works in the cafe, yeah, um, who, who goes, the bathroom's just in the back, honey. <laughs> yeah, um, as if this is just a regular occurrence. People stop yeah. off, get gas, and then she goes, "You thirsty?" And then she says, "We've got beer, coke, or goat's milk." <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's like goat's yeah. the, like the, the full, horned, the full range, of the milk of the horned beast, like Baphomet juice. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like that? Um, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about all these clever little demonic details that have gone into um, into this film, but they're all there when you when you pick it apart. It's the finest writer of our time. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the sex and nudity point. There are, I, I would say, three key moments of nudity. No one has sex in this film, from what I can recall. The two, the two, you know, they're 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 above that. Even though there's nine kind of. It's prime for an orgy, isn't it? Really? Like, yeah. That's... In the in a you know in the the middle of a field or wherever they are. Because doorway. remember, there isn't actually a house. No, 
No, <laughs> just wandering around an archaeological <laughs> site. So there is, yeah, so there's the, the bum in the cafe moment. Corey's dream where he's butt naked for a few seconds. So at least, at least it's, at least it's, you know, uh, balanced in terms of male female representation. That's true. And then, of course, there's a boob demon in the woods. The boob demon. Was that not? Because I was like, is that grandma? Was that grandma Regina? No, because she's in the... <laughs> she's, she's in, in the, the fireplace? Um, yeah, it, she's a, isn't she in the opening scene, isn't that? The grandma. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's a different... And So I'm just distracted by the boobs. Because she's doing that thing. I'm demonstrating now. I shouldn't. And she's massaging her breasts. Very much like, and I believe probably this is where the inspiration has come from, very much like the ending in both Hereditary and Midsummer. Yes, yes. I feel that Ariaster <laughs> <laughs> was also inspired by Demon Wind. Charles Philip Moore is there just going, this took my ideas, yeah. all of them. <laughs> uh, he's just going mad in the, in his little, uh, it's probably, it probably actually was his house. So he's just in a field then, yeah. <laughs> With a shotgun, there's a lot of yeah. um, there's a lot of there's lots of guns in this film as well. The first half is kind of quite um, quite sort of teen cheesy like horror comedy um, bad acting etc. And then sort of takes a turn halfway when all the demons start turning up and it all becomes very um, people being stabbed in the head with like a pronged knife fork thing. Yeah, it sort of goes full on slasher, gore, sort of, yeah. That's when it starts, doesn't it? It's when the two guys do, they have their sort of villain Ted moment. That makes no sense as well. So they're there at the window and they say something about um, having to stay up to protect themselves from, like, I can't remember the name that they use, but like demons or something. But it's interesting because nowhere in the script or film before has that been discussed as a thing. <laughs> no, they've just take. They're good guys. What what can you say? They're yeah, taking just it upon go. themselves to. Do they have gu- They've got. Do they have guns? Or are they, they both just got guns. Out the window? They both got guns. They're both ready to have a zombie shootout. Yeah. Yeah, and then this woman just floats along in a in a dress, going, "Hey, come out here! I'm all sexy with my tits out." Yeah. And then they just look at each other and go, "Demon." Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> they're not even. I mean. To be fair to them, you know, they, they didn't fall for it. There's a lot a lot of directors could say, and then you go out into the woods and start making out. That's why they do it in pairs. If there was just one of them, terrible. The people in this film, the characters in this film last quite a long time, considering they have no emotion or common sense. Or So how, how would you rate um, the sex and nudity in this film for uh, out of five? Enjoyable, humorous, ridiculous, pointless? Mm, I'd give it a two. Yeah. Fleeting moments of um, unnecessary <laughs> bums. Yeah, bums but they're not boobs. really sort of. I, I think sex in a, in a film of this kind is either there just to be gratuitous or to add some kind of humour to it. Whereas this, yeah, or some kind of you know, it actually reminded me of in tone. You know the scene in the room where the guy is regaling what happened the night before and he says and then i was caught in me underwears you know that scene <laughs> yes um, i frequently <laughs> quote me underwears, me underwears to yeah. a friend of mine whenever i see someone pull a sort of surprised bad acting face in a film i just say oh it's me underwears me underwears yeah and it it, it has that kind of tone the sex in this film yeah. unfortunately yeah bit of a letdown <laughs> okay well, well we'll agree on two out of five 
Okay, then on to gore and violence. We briefly started talking about it there. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you were impressed with the with the with the makeup and stuff, yeah. the way the, I, the that was done. Apart from the bit, well, you know, the sicking up the yogurt, you know, which just <laughs> yeah. oh, it just remind me of babies, you know, who haven't quite weaned yeah. off it's pretty, milk yet. I mean, it doesn't look like anything that would come out of a human or demon really no and then weirdly later on in the film it suddenly becomes yellow custard blood yeah so there's no continuity there they clearly just went down to the shops and thought right what What sources can we get our hands on yeah (laughs) Um, shove in some milk but i thought the first they they went to town with um the granddad one granddad george at the beginning you know where this is sort of in pretty much the opening scenes of the film where his insides become his outsides and sort yes. of burst out of him. I thought David that, Cronenberg-esque. Yeah. Yeah, Poundland David Cronenberg <laughs> scene. <laughs> that's um, where the money went. That's yeah. Where, that, was, that was your 500 grand right there. Yeah. And um, yeah, exactly. No, that, yeah, up until that, you know, that sort of opening 10 minutes, I thought, actually, this is quite atmospheric. This is a bit cheesy, but this could be quite a, you know, gory, um, fun uh, film, which it is. But most of it is just characters wandering around trying to figure out what the hell's going on where they are and why they've been brought to this archway in a field but yeah but yeah the yellow pass the head the i mean the beautiful kung fu kicking off of the head yeah. moment is a highlight for me i think again i don't think that was in the script before i think he, that was <laughs> in his contract <laughs> yeah i get two kung fu kicks per film thank you and i'll do the magic if i must there's some flying daggers Oh, yeah. There's the guy that gets Wolverine Wolverine spiked in the head, which is from his girlfriend, I think. Yes. I can't remember who. Yeah, I think it? that's his girlfriend. I don't know, because they're all going out with each other. Someone's girlfriend. And they all turn it. They're all kind of, half of them have turned into demons by this point. Yeah. And they're all fighting each other. And it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> so gore and violence out of five, what would you, what would you give it? I'd give it a four. Four, that's pretty good. Yeah. Because I think they tried, you know. I think they really tried. Yeah, I keep giving I a point the for redeeming... effort, don't I? Yeah, you're very, you're very kind. Three point um, five, I... three point five. Yeah, I was going to say three point five. I think okay. Four is four is you know kind, generous, and not true. <laughs> and not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? Okay. Let's move on to WTF moments. What? What were the key moments in this film where you thought, "What am I watching? What is happening?" Oh, all of it, every single <laughs> oh, one moment. Thirty-eight minutes. Yeah, I read on. Uh, I read on IMDb, which uh, I think anyone can submit trivia. So I'm almost certain this is not true. One of the bits of trivia on IMDb was that the fog used in this film was real, <laughs> <laughs> and there are many scenes where clearly someone off camera is just wafting a smoke machine around. The, the fog appears from nowhere. Um, there's a scene where they just wander around in fog and then they end up back at the house again. Yeah, like um, three times the fog like spookily changes yeah. their location, <laughs> trying to get not them wind, back to where not they wind, were. Not wind, fog. No, it's not. It is not this wind. This isn't called demon fog. It's <laughs> demon wind. That is really... Yeah, I forgot about that because the, the fog takes it to like two different... Takes them to two different places before it returns them back to the house. <laughs> yeah. Just, like it's not very efficient in being evil. Yeah. Cas- <laughs> like, Casper oh. the friendly fog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go on a little bit. I'm just going to take you here. 
another part of the uh, forest and now we hear it and then peop- the guys are mildly uh, the, the the characters are mildly perplexed as to the yeah. fact they're just being teleported around yeah but not really yeah they put all the um, acting effort in the wrong places don't they <laughs> yeah. bless them so apparently but apparently that is genuine fog <laughs> that just happened to be there when they filmed but i'm not i'm not wow that. the best bit i i sent you a message as i was watching it when <laughs> yeah I just and I think I just put the word Matt's death. Oh, Jack's death. Sorry, Jack. 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 Jack's don't, death. Don't bring. Don't bring Matt. Don't bring another no, character into Matt. this. <laughs> can't, I can't deal with Matt. it anymore. Is there a Matt? There probably is. Yeah, I just put the word Jack's death. Yes, in capitals with three exclamation marks. Which <laughs> I just saw that flash up on my phone. I was like, "Who's dead? What's happened?" <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. What happened? I can't remember now. Sorry about. I mean, uh, you're going to have to accept, listeners, that we will be spoiling. Most of the film, but yeah. having heard all of this stuff, uh, if you haven't watched the film already, you'll, you know you'll enjoy it. You're going to want to see it for yourself. Absolutely, definitely. The words cannot simply describe the <laughs> events that unfold. How did he die? Because there was like three stages, and I'm trying to remember. I just know that at the end he turned into a dove. <laughs> yes, which happens, <laughs> which is a callback to when the magician arrives. Um and who's called Chuck? Is that right? Yeah, Chuck the magician. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who then is no longer a magician later in the film? No, just takes all his magic clothes off. He's given that up. Yeah. Isn't there a moment when he just drops yeah, he's a, a dove in the air when he says something? He insults the guy, and then, and then there's <laughs> a puff of smoke, and then there's a rabbit for some reason, and then there's a dove throws a dove into the air. Yeah. Do you think that's? Do you think he was going to turn into because? But the only justification for that death is, all I can imagine, is our lovely Charles Philip Moore going, we've got the dove for a day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're also filming Jack's death later. If you're having your two <laughs> kung fu kicks, I'm getting my two dove moments. Yeah, exactly. So we might as well get our money's worth. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a Cornetto trilogy moment. Maybe all of his other films have, you know, a moment with the dove being That's missile true. launched into the air. And why not? Or kung fu. But yeah, so he turned, no, first he turns into a, ch- a Victorian child. <laughs> yes. um, he sort of just turn, turns into Sorry. a child first with like a flash of light. Uh, and then you're like, whoa, okay, WTF. And then it happens again. And then he turns into a into dove. A ba- it, no, he turns, does he turn into a baby? Is it Victorian child, oh, baby, yes. then dove? It's the, it's the de-evolution of man. Child, yeah. baby, dove. <laughs> dove. <laughs> would have been better if we'd turned into a fish and just sort of slapped out of the... I would the have door. enjoyed that, that enormously. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, I mean, Demon Wind, are we doing ratings? Because I immediately just want to say for that moment alone, uh, it gets a five. Yeah. Um, w- I think WTF moments. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've written down Jack's death. That's the key moment. The, um, yeah, obviously the doll thing we've spoken about already. And then Elaine... Elaine- Elaine's butt, that's another, just her just getting it out in the middle yeah. of it. That's also, yeah. that crosses two categories. Yes. And she had, um, I mean, I think they could sell those pants as a merch thing with every Blu-ray bought. You get a pair of Elaine's heart pants. That would um, be good. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I would Wiseau be interested has his in... boxer shorts at the room screening, so why not have Oh, them? Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Elaine's... Um, Heart pants from the nineties. Um, okay, so yeah, this. this th- oh, those also, are some just one more WTF moment. It all goes really Clive Barker at the end. 
Yes, with sort of, yeah, well, there's a bit where he kicks the demon lord in the balls. Yeah, and I I got really confused as to who was who and actually what was happening at the end. I sort of, I lost... That that's not the Clive Barkerishness about it, but but the makeup and the and the prosthetics and everything, just the look. All of a sudden, we were in a sort of yeah, we were in Nightbreed or something, <laughs> and it felt like such a leap. Melty pizza-faced demons with um, bad teeth. I had to put the subtitles up for what for <laughs> like the big demon at the end. Well, no, just on YouTube at the like the oh, auto because okay. so, I yeah. couldn't understand what he was saying, and neither <laughs> could the subtitles. <laughs> the auto generated <laughs> subtitles. Mumbles um, in demon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of WTF moments, and by the, by the end, it just sort of all it all kicks off, and no one really knows what's happening. Um, so I think four out of five is is a reasonable score there. Oh no, did you say five? You say I, five I'm giving five? it. I'm giving it five. Yeah. Full five. Wow. A full five. Okay. okay, I'm gonna go. F- well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go four and a half. Victorian child, baby dove. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the writing. He also wrote this as well. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes it's a real advantage to have a sort of singular voice. Sometimes. <laughs> or maybe someone telling you no, no. <laughs> yeah. Put also, pen, sometimes put the pen down. Step away from the dove. <laughs> I just feel like he's probably bought a load of shit that he wants to be tax deductible. And he was like, right, we need to use this magician's costume. We need to use this doorway. <laughs> we need to use this smoke machine. Oh, gosh. I just, so long as he's happy, I hope he's happy. I hope he watched that film at the end, you know, and just went, yes, that is the film I wanted to make. I really hope that for him. I need, I need to buy the, the Blu-ray to see if there's some, you know, deep, uh, commentary. Audio commentary or that you know, would be amazing <laughs> documentary about the making of demon wind or you know there's there's lots of questions unanswered but we're doing our best we're doing our best um <laughs> so in terms of the writing actually i i the um did some digging into you know the cult and the demon that they're trying to summon i find yeah the magic isn't very well thought through in the film yes. i suppose because they're talking about all of a sudden, well, they're talking about summoning demons, and then they they talk about well, there's the grandma's diary, and she's got two daggers of seven daggers, and if you collect all seven daggers, you can do a ritual, which means that you can kill the son of Satan, and that comes out <laughs> yeah. of nowhere. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the son of Satan got to do with? anything up until this point he hasn't even been mentioned and why just kill him why not go for the big guy like there's so many yeah <laughs> there's but the so one many that, questions the, the guy that turns up at the end is that supposed to be the son of satan is it yeah but it's that i just feel that grandma could have perhaps said kill the son of satan who we summoned accidentally within the cult and just there's no <laughs> yeah. there's a brief they, they briefly mentioned uh cory briefly mentions the fact that the, the stuff that happened with his dad and the stuff that, you know, there was a mysterious fire in the farm and all this, you know. They... Yeah, but they, he says that they were following this guy and they, um, oh yeah, and then he says, and he, the guy that they were following started speaking out against the Bible and then Jack pipes up, oh, they were <laughs> Satan worshippers. It's like, no, if you're against the Bible, Jack, it doesn't mean that you're a Satan worshipper. <laughs> yeah. But he just goes, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it was <laughs> we don't have time to get into the complexities <laughs> of it let's just say they're definitely 
devil worshippers. I just like as an audience member, I love to do work. I don't don't get me wrong. I love to do work, and it's exciting to put pieces together and then discover something just before characters in the story discover it. That's exciting. That's exciting writing. But there's none of that. It's just sort of arbitrary nonsense. Sort of like I've had more coherent dreams uh, <laughs> in terms of yeah. Yes. That feels really um, mean. That was mean. <laughs> I, have. I have had more coherent no, dreams. No, no, no. Don't, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Just let, let those opinions come out. Charles Philip Moore, I just feel like you really, if you're going to write about cults and you're going to write about, you know, um, people who are essentially building their own religion and mythology and summonings and rituals, do your homework. Like, write that book for them. And I love that grandma's, grandma's spell works at the end to banish the demon. Yes. In this in grammar but it's written in her diary or is it her spell book or her diary again we don't know. It's it's sort of it's like, some is kind it a, of mythical book again stealing from the evil dead it's some kind of book of demon stuff because it's all written in weird That's not clear um, because it's got her diary entry it's got the spell in and then what's next like a cornbread recipe or something and you just make <laughs> that the next day to celebrate. It's just like come on I just want to know Charles Philip Moore just a little bit more so that I can put well, it together Well, you know, maybe if, we, maybe if we'd have got that much waited for sequel, then, you know, it would have all been tied up. Maybe that's why they were going. They were going to... I wonder if there's a, a script. Prequel even. Yeah. Yeah. Pre- I'd be interested in a prequel, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The cult. I'd, I'd enjoy that. I mean, you know it's going to end in a, in a big demon wind, but it'd be good. <laughs> Which is my new name for fire. My, uh, one of my favourite lines is... In the opening, like five minutes, when we see the scene of uh, is it Grandpa George and yes. uh, the woman, the grandma, sorry, when he turns into uh, the demon for the first time, he just says, And now, my pig, you die, and then kills <laughs> his wife whilst spitting out Onken. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> but it just makes no sense. And, and now, now, my, my pig, pig you-, you die, the line that babe. Sadly, cut from the uh, <laughs> the final edit. What? Yeah, I'm t- did I write? And, also, I- and there's so there's so many good uh, insults as well. Because I, I don't know, oh, was it a fifteen? I think I think it's a fifteen. So they probably could have you know gone a bit all out in the swearing and stuff, but they've kept it fairly um, yeah respectable. Um, Another thing about them in that scene where where um, grandfather is about to kill grandmother Regina. And she's obviously been trying to keep her spell, do her spells to keep the demon out. And the demon just says, "Your spells can't keep us, um, can't keep me out." And then she turns around to Granddad and says, "My spells can't keep the demon out." <laughs> like just basically word for word repeats. And then she's standing there with a snow globe in her hand, and she yes, says, "Which makes no noise. If the crystal breaks, it's the end of us." Now, yeah. Writing wise, fine. If that's in the script, fine. As a writer, you just kind of go and they'll find some sort of crystal, whatever. The director will find something magical. But Charles Philip Moore, as we know, is writer and director of this film. So in his mind, when he wrote it, did he go, it's a snow globe? That's what she's holding. (laughs) It's a snow globe with a house in it. And that just doesn't read because if you're going to have some kind of, you know, object that was going to protect you from a demon, you would choose something slightly more robust than a snow globe wouldn't you yeah and you know if you know that the snow globe's very fragile maybe don't pick it up maybe just leave it on exactly. the table and Where it refer was. to it 
yeah, point to the snow globe. <laughs> Ooh, Maybe, you know, put the snow globe in a box and put it in the attic and never mention it again. So that was the double whammy of poor writing and directing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of this, they just came up with some ideas and worked backwards. They were like, okay, that's going to that's happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Yeah, 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 script, 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 script. Okay, we're filming next week. <laughs> God changed you into a snake and a chicken shit at the same time was one of my favorite insults. Yeah. Chicken shit isn't used as no. an insult much in this day it's and age. It's not used enough, you know, is it? it cuts we, deep. Should, we could bring it back. <laughs> now, I did he write the song at the beginning? Are you washed in the oh, blood the of, of the Wicker lamb? Man style Are you washed in the soul cleansing blood of the lamb? Yeah. Listen to that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tune. Yeah. I, me- I meditate to that at least once a day now. <laughs> it's really, really helps. It sounds like um, the voice that it's sung in as well. She sounds like, um, Le- you know, Lisa in Dirty Dancing when she's going, <laughs> I think it's her. So if you had to rate the writing in Demon Wind out of five, what would you go for? Um, <laughs> we can have a genuine uh, writing skill versus entertainment factor if you want to. Two point five. Yeah, just generally. I think I think for comedic value, it's got to be four, four. But for yeah, writing skill, yeah, two. I do you know what? Another pass or four? Another like another two passes of that script? Yeah. Yeah. Then perhaps an editor, you'd yeah. have a, a different film. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you didn't have a dove, if you didn't have Greek yogurt, if you didn't... Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, so many, so many ifs. Yeah. So many could-haves with, with this film. Okay, then we move on to special effects, which are... I mean, there's a lot of transformation scenes, as we know, in this mm. film. There's a lot of weird sort of Windows 95 computer-generated effects... Where they turn into yeah. a, either another animal or they die or there's a weird scene at the end where they just turn into two yellow blobs that float around in the sky for a bit and then yeah, that was uh, interesting. Evapor- evaporate, which I think undermines the actual genuine good uh, practical effects that this film has. And they've gone, well, we better put some CGI in there. Yeah, everyone's doing it. Well, there's kind of the... It's all very sort of flashy, bangy, like flash paper, like magicians. I wonder if he's a magician, Charles. He might be. Maybe. Yeah, because there's a lot of... I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, demon you wind don't is magic, get... what can we say? Yeah, you don't get that body horror sort of, yeah, the Cronenberg transformation thing. Apart from with Grandad at the beginning, it is very much you are this thing and now you are this yeah, thing. Yeah, cut to suddenly um, you're a demon with pizza on your face. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Budget! So I don't find that particularly satisfying. I'm much more about, you know, little brood babies running around. Yes, and, yes. Uh, that's Agreed. very much <laughs> what I'm here for. Um, so I, I mean, I'm instantly just going to give it like a two for... Yeah, I think, yeah, there's not enough of it to uh, to make much of it really in this film, but uh, what there is there is pretty poor. Compared to the rest of the film, though, the prosthetics are good. Like, the makeup yes, is yep, good. Yep. But the special effects, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a two. That's, that's fair, think, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then we, we come on to your overall rating for demon wind as a piece of cinematic history as a cult film in whatever way you 
you view it, what would you... Oh, I feel horrible doing this. I feel horrible. <laughs> I feel... We've come so far. Just don't, don't hold back. Just It's the most insulting of numbers. It's, it's like the one that I fear out of five that I personally fear as a maker of things. I'm going to give it a three. Three. Three stars. Three out of five. The old middle of the road, it's fine. <laughs> eh, yeah. Is there any defining factor that makes it not terrible and not amazing? I feel like it could be more terrible. Yeah. It needs to go one way or the other with extremes, yeah. I think. Yeah. I f- if anything, it tried too hard to be a good film. Yes. Um, <laughs> Amazingly. Yeah. <laughs> which, um, which is strange because I'm sure that given our conversation, that has not come across at all in everything that we've said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would definitely watch it, though. What would you give it? Um, I think uh, I've been rating all the films I watched on Letterboxd, which I used to keep track of all the films I've been watching in lockdown and generally. Uh, I've seen 120 films this lockdown so far, wow. so I'm going slightly insane. I think this was the second one, so uh, I had to go back a long way to remember what yeah. this film actually was. I would say somewhere between 3.5 and 4, because I enjoy it. It's um, It's got all the key aspects of a cult film that I like. Bad acting, bad writing, some stuff that doesn't make sense. Um comedy insults um but it's not quite great so i think 3.5 is i i could fair. be persuaded up to a 3.5 <laughs> on a good persuaded. day a couple of drinks yeah. yeah exactly um all right well we're almost getting towards the end now we've got the quiz to come of course very excited oh my gosh to yeah see if you've been paying attention to this film which it seems like you have you seems like you've remembered uh stuff in good detail mm-hmm. um Okay, so now we need to say our favourite scenes and our favourite character before we move on to the, the final quiz. Um, favourite scene? Uh, my favourite scene, yeah, it has to be the scene where Bonnie it, is turned into a doll. I just love that moment. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I would agree with you there. It's a cross between that and the arrival of the magician and the introduction of the Kung Fu kick. That's and true, the actually. rabbit and the dove and you know a lot that happens, whole stuff that yeah. makes yeah it, that makes no sense whatsoever but for comedy that's great mm-hmm. so I'll let you have the doll one and I'll go Thanks. with the uh, arrival of Chuck the magician um, <laughs> favorite character oh I mean they all they all contribute boobs. you know really grandma boobs yeah actually I'm gonna go for the woman who works in the gas station. Yeah, who, spoiler, turns out is a demon all along? Is that what? Yeah, the, or something. Is that what happens right at the end? Yeah, by that point, to be honest, I, I disengaged <laughs> somewhat <laughs> from the content. It's quite a coincidence that, you know, she just yeah. happens to be a demon working in a gas station. And she tells that really long story about little Linda going missing that has oh, yeah, nothing they say, to they do they with... little Linda. <laughs> About 20 times. Um, Fat, let's start the Demon Wind Little Linda drinking game. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, you'll be pissed before the 10 minute mark. She never, she never, never is mentioned again. But uh, do you know no. Little Linda? I don't know Little Linda. No, we're not here to see Little Linda. Maybe that can be the, the prequel. Yeah. The curse of Little Linda. Yeah, she's basically, she's the Rowan, isn't she? She's the Wicker Man yeah. Rowan. Yeah. Little yeah, Linda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, okay, my favorite character, I'm going to go for... I think I'm going to go for Dell. He's a massive bellend, but he has all the comedy lines. Uh, the brazen um, macho ability to just kiss another person's girlfriend in front of his own girlfriend. I mean, mm. you know, the ball's on the man. And her boyfriend. It just doesn't care. Yeah. No, he doesn't care. He's got some issues. Uh, you know, I hope he works through his trauma. But um, yeah. um, for, you know, horror comedy characters, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, right. We have, we have uh, every episode I set my guest the challenge of writing uh, and answering five questions based on the film that we've watched. Um, do you want to ask or answer first? Carrie, what's your... Um, how confident are you feeling? I'll ask first. Okay. <laughs> okay. And there's a, we, we don't know each other's questions. We haven't read them in advance. Mm-hmm. So we may have exactly the same questions. We may have literally spoken about all the answers already and it'll be incredibly easy. But, you know, someone needs to win. So let's, let's find out. Quiz time. Okay. My first question for you um, is something that we briefly alluded to earlier. And I'm pleased that we didn't go this far. So, um, what does Corey call Elaine's bum after she shows it to him? Ah, uh, see, that's why I needed the YouTube subtitles because he says something about a moon and sort of garbles something. And I only picked up on it today when I watched it for the second and a half time, which shows how much you know you can miss on a first and second viewing. Should I tell you the answer now, or do you want to wait till you? Uh, well, see, I, I, I would say go with the answers as we go, because definitely most of them I'm going to have no answer for. But I'm going to say the moon of something. A moon for the misbegotten. Ah, oh, that's it. It's, a beauty. So, it's quite a romantic, lovely moment, really. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I'll give you half a point for that. Okay, you get I'll half take that. a point. Thank yeah. you very much. That's half right. a point. Okay, question two. What is the name of the demon that Grandma Regina wants to summon. Oh, I know this one as well, but I don't. Um, it's like Dedosa d- d- or Dedusa <laughs> or something. D- it's, d- it's got a D in it. It has, it's Delos. Delos. So you're going to get half a point for that as well. I'm very okay. generous. For having one of the letters mm-hmm. in the name. Very lenient quiz master. I, th- I think all the words you said, though, or if you put them all De- together, yeah. the letters yeah. of Delos would be yeah, in there. Yeah, that's how quizzes work, as long as you get mm-hmm. some letters right. Um, okay. What magazine does Chuck burn on the fire to keep warm? Again, I was going to mention this because it's such a, it's like good housekeeping. Yes. Is it good housekeeping? Yes. Is it? Yes. Oh, I'm so happy no, it, makes, it, makes, <laughs> it makes no sense that that is Why there. Why is it there? No, it makes no um, sense. At again, all. maybe a sponsor, maybe Dell and Good Housekeeping pummels 500 grand into this film. Now, I've actually said the answer to this one because this is before I. Ah, oh, I've already said the answer to this one several times, but chances you remember it. I don't know. Um, I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, what's the name of the woman who's turned into a doll? Uh, Elaine. No, 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 no. Debbie. No. Is it not Debbie? It's Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie. God damn it. Yeah. See, this is why it's hard because they all have similar sounding shit names. Yeah, they really do. Okay, I, 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 I jumped the gun too early with that one. Okay. Question no five. Points for that one. Yeah. What colour is Dell's puffer gilet? Ooh. Does he wear the same one throughout? 
Hmm. I'm going to say green. Beige. Uh, it was beige. Of course it is. Of course, of course, um, of course Del wears beige. Of course he does. <laughs> I have a bonus question for you as well oh, if okay. you're interested. Yeah. So, Go for it. Okay. Uh, the question is, are you washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the lamb? At this point of lockdown, I would say quite possibly yes. Okay, you get 10 points for that. Oh, okay. Brilliant. So you won the so, quiz. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I'll just that's... count the bonus question because it's that's debatable. But <laughs> So I got two points then for that one. So you've got, you've got two to beat. Are you feeling confident? No, not at all. Okay, good. Let's do it. I know, yes, I know that I'm, I, I'm, I'm in actually, it to win it. Okay, I actually think that you'll do too well because <laughs> you've mentioned most of these. Okay, question one. How many daggers do they need to get rid of the demon? They need seven daggers. Correct. One point. Question two. Name three of the many characters in the film. Chuck, Dell, and Bonnie. Again, correct. I was being very kind, um, but nevertheless, that's not a point. <laughs> Question three. What colour is the demon fluid that comes out when they are injured, uh, ignoring the first? Um, it's sort of a yellowy custard colour. Yellowy custard, yep. Um, that's three points. I'm gonna, it's, it's a learning exercise and how <laughs> difficult to make the questions. Uh, question four. How many characters wear glasses? Oh, just one. It is just one. Yeah, Correct. Jack. Jack wears glasses. Yep, there's no bonus points from me, so moving on. <laughs> Couldn't give a shit about your bonus points, mate. Uh, question question five. I mean, I know this is, this is uh, you've already mentioned this, so frankly, this is appalling. Question five. The drinks available in the gas station are Coke, beer, water, and what Goat's else? Goat's milk. Yeah, Baffo majors. Game match. Five <laughs> out of five. Unbelievable. Yay! Wow. I that was a roller coaster of a podcast. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for um I discussing love that. and sitting through Demon Wind and for being so animated and excited about <laughs> a film that you gave three out of five. It was unforgettable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Will you be, you know, recommending that film to people now or will you just oh, definitely. you know keep it in the, the vaults of your memory? Yeah, to anyone listening, absolutely do watch it. It's great. Just don't, you don't have to watch it again. Don't watch it twice, <laughs> which is what I did. Don't watch it two and a half times. <laughs> yeah. But once is brilliant. Yeah. Once and, you know. you worth it. Just get on with your life and. Just move on. There are other demon wins. Do you have anything to plug or do you, do you have anywhere that we can find out about stuff that you're working on or what's in the pipeline um... for you uh, once we get out of this? cabin fever situation we're in now well i've got I've, i'm in that really annoying position at the moment where i've got something that was supposed to be announced a couple of weeks ago but they delayed it a couple of times because of everything that's going on but i will be announcing something really cool really really soon uh that okay, i've cool. written on and so follow me on twitter for that at carrie marks m-a-r-x yeah if you uh, i have a theater company a uh, well, sort of theater film company with my housemate chris we're called hermetic arts and uh, we make horror shows mostly. And that's hermetic-arts.co.uk. Check that out because we put stuff on there. What we're going to be up to. Awesome. Great. Well, I look forward to seeing what you do next. And um, thank you for indulging me for uh, an hour and a bit and uh, for watching Demon Wind. And uh, yeah, being a fantastic guest. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Right, well, that is the end of the first episode of the Big Fat Cult Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and Carrie as we discussed the fantastic Demon Wind. I hope you will all be rushing out to stream and buy this fantastic piece of cult cinema. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes. Please follow on Twitter at Big Fat Cult. Let me know what you thought about the show, uh, about the film, if you've seen it, and any suggestions for upcoming films uh, or guests. But for now, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Big Fat Cult Movie Podcast. My name's Chris Mayo. Stay safe, stay watching weird films, and I'll see you in another episode very soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.